0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is
1: Believe. What's up, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Believe in Falcons. I'm your host, Will McFadden, and joining me as always is former Falcons fullback Ovi Mahaley. Ovi, what's up, man?
0: What's up big time? Good to be back. Always uh, fun to talk a little football.
1: Yeah, dude. We got a big uh a big game this weekend. It's really it's crazy to kind of be this close to Thanksgiving and actually be talking about a meaningful um Atlanta Falcons game, right? Like that for a while for for most of history, that was an absurd thing. Then during your wonderful, bountiful years yes. here in Atlanta, it was a normal thing because it was awesome because the Falcons were really good. And now Mm -hmm. it's kind of a weird thing again, but let's hope that this is the start of a trend. I mean, how great does it feel to be talking about a Falcons Cowboys matchup in week 10? That means something.
0: It is everything. And um, I am not going to get too excited because I wanted to be like, this is the game that will decide. (laughs) Can we become a winning team with a five and four record? It will decide the rest of the balance of history of the Falcons move. No, no, no. It's an important game, but um my expectations are going to be tempered. Like it's if you don't have any expectations, well, you can't get disappointed. That is a sad <laughs> way to live, but a very practical way to live as a Falcons fan. So I uh of course wish them to do well. And I think it's exciting that we have meaningful football to talk about. It's just that. I was excited and I was hopeful, and I was also disappointed and proven to be correct in the last game, all in one game. so many emotions were thrown around that uh who knows what's going to happen against the cowboys
1: well it's it's fun. you and I are kind of entering i think this conversation from a pretty similar mindset um, and and I don't think that's a bad thing. I think that you and i no. we will um, definitely unpack that mindset, but yeah th- i mean this this can be a really fun game. It can be a really fun conversation. Um, And I'm looking forward to having it with you right after this break. We know you're listening to a football podcast, but basketball season is firing right back up and the Hawks are good now. Who, I mean, who's excited for that? So just wanted to take a second and let you guys all know that Bet Online has a new web interface for the start of the basketball season along with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. I mean, what else do you want there? So check it out this basketball season. And who knows, maybe uh, make a few smart bets on the Hawks while you're at it. I think this could be a really fun year, guys. Trey Young could be the real deal here in Atlanta. And this is a really good young team. So... Just remember that BetOnline remains your number one spot for all of the basketball and football action this season. So head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code Believe50. That's B L E A V fifty to receive your welcome bonus. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all of your favorite sports. So remember. Bet online where the game starts. All right. So, the Cowboys, surprisingly, one of the best teams in the NFL so far this season. Yep. They're six and two coming off of their second loss of the season against the Denver Broncos. Broncos really wow. whooped up on the uh, Cowboys. It was, it was yeah. a game that I was able to catch um, a little bit of in live time. And then I went back, of course, to rewatch the game man, Denver just ran it right down the Broncos' throats, which is surprising for this uh, Dallas defense, which is, I think, 10th still against the run even after that game. Mm-hmm. If the Falcons are able to run it down Dallas's throat, I will be shocked. But as a former uh, NFL uh, backfield member yourself, what say you? Is, the, is this a matchup that the Falcons can finally get their ground game like really going this week?
0: No, 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 they can't. And and part of the reason <laughs> is because Denver sneaked up and, and did that and they're not a yeah, you they're know, gonna be ready. powerful run game. They're 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 good. Obviously, they show that they they can be really good at times, but they're now gonna shore up all of those holes, all those leaky holes, all those um, you know, weak points that they have, all the ways where they are exploited, they're gonna shore that up and they're gonna make sure that they work on the technique that they scheme for that because it's a copycat league and the Falcons are going to try to do the same exact thing. But the Cowboys are hip to the game now. So as much as I would like to just repeat history, it's going to be very tough for the Falcons, especially being that our run game is not where it needs to be for us to be that dominant on the ground against the Cowboys.
1: Yeah, the run game for the Falcons really hasn't been able to get much of anything going, which I I know is kind of disappointing given the fact that the Falcons haven't had their run game be part of the identity of any successful version of this team in a while. Um, But I'm a bad journalist. I buried the lead here. I in thinking about kind of this podcast, this discussion, and really what was the theme of this week that I wanted to discuss with you This is the best game that the Falcons are going to be a part of this season. I know that they had Tampa Bay in week two. But we had no idea what to make of this Falcons team. I don't think the Falcons had any idea of what to make of this Falcons team. Yeah, they played the Saints last week, but that was without Jameis Winston, without Michael Thomas. Uh, Sure, Trevor Simeon beat Tom Brady, Tampa Bay the week before, all of that stuff. But Dallas is a really good team this year. I mean, let me read you some of their offensive numbers because it's insane just where they rank so far this year uh, offensively. I mean, they're first in yards per game. They are third in points per game, third in rushing yards per game, fourth in passing yards per game. I mean, they are doing it all offensively. And then defensively, they're not great but they're not bad. And it's Dan Quinn's kind of, they, they, they've been doing more than enough to win games for this team. It hasn't been kind of dominant, but they're learning on the fly. They've got some good young playmakers and they are forcing turnovers. They are getting um, some timely sacks. This is going to be the biggest test by far for this Falcons team. And it's coming at kind of the perfect time for them to be tested in this way. Because it will tell us really what we should expect for the rest of the season because the Falcons have a very, very tough schedule the rest of the way. But what do you think of this as a game that's kind of like the gatekeeper game for the second half of the season for Atlanta?
0: I mean, if you're going to finally break uh, the 500 mark, you might as well do it in style. You might as well do it with a big bang. (laughs) You might as well do it against a team that is going to test you at every single level. So the Cowboys is just that. I think that we're going to, you know, I hate saying we're going to see what the Falcons are really about we know what they're
1: about. Yeah. We kind of
0: yeah. figure figure them out. You know, they, they are who you think they are. You, you are who you <laughs> showed us to be. And they're a team that is still figuring it out. Uh, and we're not figuring it out on the ground. We're, you know, kind of uh, – tricked into thinking that we have a potent run game because Corderell Patterson catches these short passes and takes it for uh, dozens of yards. And when he runs the ball, he runs with power. But our rushing attack is so bad that Matt Ryan has to put the team on his back every single game. This is a, an opportunity for us, uh, you know, especially poignant with Dan Quinn being on the other side of the football or other side of the, uh, uh, the field. For us to show that, hey, we're doing what we could never do with Dan Quinn, which is get over that hump, which is to, you know, at least recently show that we can be a winning team with a winning season and a winning mentality. So I think this is going to be a a good way for the team to kind of put their flag in the ground. And if they do want to be uh, a, a team that can slip into the playoffs, beating teams like this is going to be part of the game
1: their schedule so hard just the rest of the way that they're going to have to find ways to win games like this. And to their credit, they found ways to win games. I mean, it's not always been pretty, but they've found ways to win games. That's why they're 4-4. and And sure, Pythagorean Theorem, all of that stuff, their their relative wins could be like two wins. Sure, you could say all that. It's not been pretty wins. They've been against bad teams, all of that fun stuff that, that nerds Like me, uh, like to look at, but they've won games on the field and that's all that matters. If they're going to win on Sunday, I can't think of a scenario where Matt Ryan is not a big part of that strategy. And the biggest advantage that Atlanta has, Dallas has a similar advantage, but it's the familiarity between Matt Ryan and Dan Quinn. Matt Ryan has gone against Dan Quinn's defense. Every day in practice for the last five years. If anybody knows where the holes in this defensive scheme are, what the nuances are, where the landmarks are, all of that stuff, it's Matt Ryan. And I just imagine that they're gonna come out throwing the ball an awful lot against this team, a for the reasons you said against the about the run defense, that I expect Dallas all week to be defending the run in practice. So I think Atlanta is going to kind of zag a little bit and come out throwing the ball. B. That's a huge advantage for them. Matt Ryan knows what this defense wants to do. How how real is that? Ovi, is that a real advantage for this Falcons team?
0: Oh, it's a thousand percent real. Uh, I remember uh, back when I played, uh, we used to really get excited when we would play. Uh, you know, not only coaches didn't happen that often where we were playing against a former coach, but usually former players. And especially the quarterback, they would know those DBs inside and out, um, or we would know how to get around them. We'd know what their weaknesses are. We'd know what their strengths are. And with Matt Ryan and Dan Quinn, Matt's thirty six years old. He has the mind <laughs> of a coach. He, he has the ability to go toe to toe with a defensive quarter or you know offensive or head coaching mind that Dan Quinn has, and that's why quarterbacks make. Great coordinators and great coaches and great commentators because they have to see and know and understand everything. And I really feel like the years of playing against Dan Quinn's defenses uh, has just made Matt understand how Dan Quinn tries to stop his game and and how he can get around that. So I'm really excited to see the chess match that's going to happen between not only uh, our office coordinator and Dan Quinn's uh, as a de- defensive side, but through Matt and Dan, just with their relationship. Dan is uh, doing what all coaches should do at a uh, game like this. He's downplaying the relationship, downplaying the um, connections, but he's going to be (laughs) leaning on that, him and us, on both sides very heavily to try and win this game because any edge you can get, you got to take it.
1: Yeah, and uh, you could look at this from the other side as well and say, well, sure, Dan Quinn's going to have a big advantage because he knows Matt Ryan and and knows him kind of inside and out and his his strengths and weaknesses as well. But I think it matters more for the Falcons um, in this aspect, and that is outside of scheme, it comes down to what personnel and sure Matt Ryan isn't as familiar with the likes of, you know, say Trayvon Diggs or Micah Parsons or Leighton Vander but he does know Keanu Neal. He does know DeMonte De- De Casey. Those guys are in the starting lineup for Dallas. Yep. But on the flip side, pretty much the only person Dan Quinn has kind of a good feel for is Russell Gage. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it, kind of offensively yeah. for the Falcons it's a whole new cast of characters. It's, Kyle Pitts, it's Tajay Sharp, it's Cordarel Patterson, it's Mike Davis. Uh, yeah, Hayden Hurst is in there. I mean, so he's got that familiarity, but it was kind of only five games last year, so it's not like he knows them like the back of his hand. So, and on top of that, you've got a whole new offensive coordinator uh, and play caller using them differently and and in many different ways. So, I kind of give the edge in in the offense versus defensive matchup to the Falcons here. And that's really what I think needs to be the crux of any type of winning game plan for this team, because I do expect a shootout. I expect both teams really to come out with their A game. And in a lot of ways, even if the Falcons don't come out on top, if they come out swinging against a team of this caliber, I will still feel good about this when you and I talk again on Sunday night. Um, about where this team is going. But let's talk about some young guys in this game who really could make a difference for either team. And let's start with Dallas. Micah Parsons, Trayvon Diggs. Both guys, My myself and my former boss, uh, Matt Tabik, we sat in Flowery Branch in the Falcons team facility, uh, a place you have visited many, many times. But We sat upstairs and talked about both of those guys during the draft process and how great they would be in uh, Atlanta as part of a Dan Quinn defense. Now they're part of a Dallas defense and they are killing it. Micah Parsons in line to be the defensive rookie of the year. Trayvon Diggs, seven picks, could be the defensive player of the year. I mean, how scary are those two guys um, for a Falcons offense that really hasn't seen kind of defensive players maybe to that caliber? yet um this late in the season at least uh they're very scary and i i got a
0: chance to watch michael parson's uh, um play and just the, the speed his ability to cover the field is uh you know just intelligence his uh you know football iq is so high as far as reading the plays and being in the right position uh, it, it's scary to see how much this guy can improve as time goes on and it's unfortunate that the falcons have to Feel his wrath, or be one of the <laughs> uh, speed bumps that he's going to go through in his uh, very uh, steamed career, or future career. I, I, I'm I'm excited to see how we can respond to uh, a, a very good opponent and very good players, because again, these are the caliber of players we're going to be seeing throughout the rest of the season. But Dallas has some good ones that could really hurt us, where we um you know really shine, which is in the past game. If, if Micah Parsons is disrupting our offensive line or finding ways to, to get uh, in the backfield or using that IQ to, you know, get up to line back off and throw off the count, it's going to make it a lot difficult, a lot more difficult to get the ball to our Kyle Pitts and Rutch the Gauges and uh, Cordero Patterson's and find ways to have these explosive plays, which are absolutely necessary for us to even have a chance.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, really, I think Matt Ryan has got to get everybody involved because, you know, we talk about Mike Parsons. He's five sacks uh, to go with six tackles for a loss, but also two pass defenses. I mean, they move him around everywhere. He's he's a typical Falcons style linebacker. I mean, he can rush the passer. He can cover. He can do a little bit of everything. And, and so far, he's doing a little bit of everything really really well um but we we touched on at the very top a little bit about the the falcons run game how important is that really for atlanta's success moving forward because honestly if i've got an issue so far this season with uh with arthur smith and maybe his his play calling it is when the falcons are ahead and they're in some kind of situations where they're They should milk the clock like it's the right thing for them to do to try to shorten the game, run the clock out. They've got the lead, but they've been too obvious about it and they've been too insistent upon. This is when we should run the ball, so we're going to run the ball. Now we're in a third and eight. So we're going to run a pass play, but it's not going to be a risky pass play. We're not going to take a shot and try to fool the defense. We're going to run a screen or we're going to run you know, curl routes or whatever. And it, it, it's a four yard gain or it's an incompletion. Now we're punting. They've been too obvious, yeah. I think, at times when they want to run the ball. And that's not what I expected with Arthur Smith's offense. How important is it to establish the run first as opposed to establishing an effective run game regardless of when you do it? Because I think they need to come out throwing the ball against Dallas. You
0: have to understand um, how to really make calculated uh, decisions or take, make calculated, take calculated risks, because you know, everyone would like to have a 50/50 uh, evenly balanced offense and uh, defense, or as far as run game and pass game. You have to play to your strengths. And with the Falcons, our strength is not the run game. And as much as we want to establish the run, we have to establish the run, you know intelligently. Uh, and that's, like you mentioned, not waiting till we're in a dire situation to be like, okay, we got to pass here. We got to run it here. We got to pass it here. No, early on in the game is when you show them that we can be a little bit, not erratic, but unpredictable, and we may run where you may assume a pass will be just as good. Uh, we may pass when we you may assume a run will be just as good. We have to be able to establish ourselves as a team that can do both. Easier said than done when you <laughs> have Mike Davis in the offensive line that is, uh, I think, what, eighth least uh, rushing attempts uh, in the NFL. And so we've shown that we are gun-shy when it comes to putting the rock in the hands of our uh, playmakers. And you know, as a, as a former running back, as a fullback, uh, I, I strongly believe that playing smash-mouth football and letting the identity be known as – one where we're going to uh, make our own way is important, not just for the run game, but just for the identity of the team to To know, let them know that we can do that at any time or turn it on at any time. We just choose not to is a very powerful tool. The Falcons have not found yet and they need to find it very quickly because uh, this is the game where they're going to be tested.
1: Yeah. I, and I completely agree with you for uh, what you said with the offensive identity. You know, you change your offensive identity. That's what, Good coaches adjust the the feel of their team, the way that they approach their team, um, the players they use, the plays they call, who they design game plans for. Like that's what good coaches do is they adjust to the players and how they're playing. This is a living sport. You know, it's it's a living, breathing sport. Guys are feeling hot one moment. They're cold the next. It It moves, it changes. Good coaches figure out ways to go with the ebbs and flows. But... It's insane to me, looking at just the rushing breakdowns between these two teams. The Falcons have about half the total rushing yards that the Cowboys do so far this year. Half. I mean, we're, we're halfway through the season, basically. And the Falcons, as a team, have rushed for 643 yards. The Cowboys have rushed for 1,142 yards. So. That's what we're looking at right now with the uh, Falcons run game. It's crazy. Cordarell Patterson, 278 rushing yards and is being talked about as a potential offensive player of the year. Tony Pollard, the Cowboys backup, 403 rushing yards. Not even really talked about. They have the about the exact same amount of carries. So you you hinted to this a little bit, but should the Falcons tweak their offensive strategy a a little bit or do you not mess with something that's been working so far to this point in the season I mean they are four and four after all
0: Uh, I think the Falcons have to find some way to to tweak things because we can't continue to be a gadget offense and a lucky offense and one that is praying to the Almighty, you know, uh, altar of Cordell Patterson to save us with some sort of big explosive play. We need to be able to, you know, manufacture these big plays in other ways than just throwing the ball up to Cordell and praying something happens uh, in the positive direction. I-, I love what he's doing. I think it's 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 magical how he's been able to show up so consistently for our our offense. But this is, and hopefully we don't um, get shown this against the Cowboys, against good teams, you're going to need more than just Cordero Patterson. Uh, they're going you know, <laughs> to lock him up. They're going to lock up Kyle Pitts, and we're going to have to show that we can be a real offense that can play real football, that can do it the right way. So I, I feel like something has to be done to get our numbers uh, in a respectable,
1: uh, dangerous uh, uh, way. I like the way you phrase that, though, the in the right way mentality, because in a lot of ways, I think the Falcons have been doing that, or at least Arthur Smith clearly wants to do it in the right way. You know, he is he's doing the due diligence of running the football, doing so in unique ways, trying to be as efficient as possible, making that something defenses have to look out for. But he's taking shots down the field. He's mixing in quick passing games. He's mixing in RPOs. He's doing it all. So he wants to do it. It's just the production has not been there in all facets of the offense so far. Um, but I like that he's doing it. This, to me, is such a telling stat. And it was even, I think, further reinforced last week against the Saints. But you're going to hate this, too. So I'm, I'm really, I'm excited. Uh. I'm excited to lay this on you because in in weeks when the Falcons lose so the four losses this year, they've been sixth in the NFL in explosive runs and 31st in explosive passes. In the four games that they've won, they are 29th in explosive runs and ninth in explosive passes. So to me, That says that their passing offense means so much more to the success of this team than the run game. Ovi Mahaley, we go to you for a reaction.
0: Oh man, I don't like to hear that, but uh, (laughs) it is what it is. Um, Would you rather be uh, an explosive passing offense or explosive running offense? Um, If you're explosive passing offense, you can go farther and faster.
1: Uh, (laughs) Yes, you can. Yes, you can.
0: It's. it's it's the lot we were dealt. It's the unfortunate place that we're in in this or uh, rebuilding journey that we're uh, we're on. And right now in this rebuilding journey, uh, our our GM hasn't had enough time, enough years, uh, enough room and money to put the pieces in place so that we can have a explosive run and pass games. So we had to choose one, and the one we're choosing is the one that gets us farther and faster. and uh, the numbers don't lie, man, that those numbers are, are strong. Um, yeah, and, they really uh, are. I guess we have to keep on riding this wave until we can change it.
1: I, I mean, uh, it's exactly what you have to do. I, I think that if anything, that that is showing that the run game no longer has to be a staple of your offense. It can be much more efficient, but it has to be part of your offense. I mean, there were a lot of games in, even though those numbers as a whole, and this is where stats can lie. Boys and girls is Anybody can find stats to fit whatever type of message they they want to put out on a game by game breakdown. there were a lot of games where they were you know ninth in passing and fifteenth in rushing, and even being near the middle of the pack rushing wise probably really helped them be as high as they were um, and in the top ten in a passing uh, capacity during that game. So you need to have a mixture of both it's just it's interesting that the Falcons have been kind of more successful when they've relied on their passing offense um, because I think we look at Arthur Smith as the Derrick Henry of it all and just how good Tennessee was running the ball and that he was going to bring a a big run game to Atlanta. But Matt Ryan is still your quarterback. Therefore, you can always throw the ball through the air. Uh, real quick uh, quiz, Ovi. Who do you think leads the Falcons in targets so far this year?
0: Ooh, uh, if you asked me who leads the Falcons and targets so far this year, I'd have to say, well, Calvin Ridley's out, and Kyle Pitts just came on late. And man, it's either Cordero Patterson or Russell Gage.
1: Mm. It is Kyle Pitts and Wow. Calvin Ridley is number two. That's insane.
0: That's embarrassing.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: yes. I mean, I, I guess he he got a, a huge lead in the first couple of games because he was supposed to be the number one receiver, but the man's been gone for a couple of games and he's still number yeah. two. Where is the rest of the team? Uh wow. Yeah,
1: your two your two running backs. Uh so match changed a little bit. Your two running backs are are three and four. Um man, you must have really uh got on his bad side, Obi. <laughs> well,
0: I got a. I got more than I than I should have <laughs> as a fullback. We don't get many, and Matt uh, had a a certain level of trust with me compared to Michael Turner. So I was blessed to be the recipient of a many a checkdown.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, Mike Mike couldn't catch anything. I mean, you toss him, I don't know, a, a box no, at Christmas. No, no. He no. drops it and break the present inside. You, you, <laughs> <laughs> um, all me. right, <laughs> let's uh, let's. Flip sides, because we haven't done Dallas's offense justice. I mean, we, we talk about Matt Ryan being uh, completely on fire, and he, he is. He's having uh, as good of a season as I've seen him have in in a long time. And on the other side, Dak Prescott having just as good a season, uh, arguably a better season. The, the Cowboys have a great run game, again, led by Ezekiel Elliott. Their passing offense, they've got the the two star receivers, CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper, fully locked and loaded. And they're going to be getting Michael Gallup, it looks like, back for this game. Um, I mean, you you look at Dallas' offense, they really struggled last week with Dak kind of coming back off of that calf in uh injury. Just they they really were out of sorts. Nothing was working, a lot of dropped passes. But if they come in locked and loaded, I mean, how scary is this Dallas offense to you, Ovi?
0: Very scary, especially if they can uh, erase the five and thirteen on third down conversion attempts they had last game and get back to the usual third down dominance they've been showing all season long. Uh, they they know how to play. They were at like their zero and way.
1: four on fourth down as well.
0: Yeah, they they were struggling uh, they were they were
1: horrible on fourth down,
0: and you know it's you know those key situations situational football that matters in big games and if you can't win uh, when it matters the most can't win period and so the cowboys need to get their uh their stuff in gear and a lot of that's coaching and being able to prepare them for these situations and have them execute correctly but if they just play football they're stacked you know with zeke and cd lamb and with uh the work J- dak has been doing um at that quarterback position they have everything you need to be able to beat the Falcons <laughs> and a lot of other teams. Um, they just, um, I guess, show that they're human and they will have bad days. Hopefully, we can make them have another bad day this Sunday.
1: Yeah, I mean, hopefully, hopefully so. Uh, this is going to be, I feel like, uh, as much as we say this is a watershed game, I think, for the Falcons uh, as a whole, really, it's as much uh, one for Atlanta's defense because. I mean, again, this is arguably the best offense in the NFL, but we're at a point where the A.J. Terrell hype is, at, is full-throated. Everybody is, is on A.J. Terrell as one of the best uh, young cornerbacks in the league this season. This defense is, as a whole, the pass defense especially, has been really good so far. They've been playing a lot of man uh, and playing it really well. I think Fabian Moreau... Is another player uh, opposite AJ Terrell who is quietly having a really good season. They are freeing up space for Deion Jones and Foye Lewican to just be complete uh, running back eaters and making all of the tackles on this team. So Atlanta's defense has really impressed me. I think so far this year, just with what everything uh, Dean Pease is asking them to do, I think they're doing it really well. But I am so excited to see. Mari Cooper, CD lamb going up against AJ Terrell and Fabian Moreau. Uh, what, what's the defensive matchup that you're really excited to watch in this game?
0: Um, well, I want to see if we can have our stars shine, uh, at the biggest, um, stages. So I'm looking at you, Grady, Jared, uh, the the Cowboys offensive line is one that is (laughs) known throughout the ages of being, Year after year, shoot, decade after decade, just uh, massive. Uh, being stocky, stalwart, offensive. I mean, for run game and the pass game, the offensive line is one of their weaknesses ever. Very rarely does Jerry not spend enough to make that a strength, and they just swallow up uh, defenses. Brady Jarrett has been you know, known as the undersized uh, engine that could and he still finds ways to be uh, disruptive. <laughs> but can he still do that against this offensive line? I, I want to see him when you have strength against strength. Him be the stronger one because that, thats where I really love playing against uh, great linebackers and going against uh, you know the Ray Lewis's and Te'o Spikes and the Al Wilsons and you know Jeremiah Trotters. Just these, uh, you know, Kendrell bell the, 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 the who's who of linebackers—and they're the strength of their defense. You know, for our offense, our run game or, you know, me, I'm one of the strengths of our of our offenses, and it would be just a battle of the Titans. And I loved it. You know, we're bloody nosed and we're talking trash and we're uh, you know, playing to the whistle and over it, pushing afterwards. And we know that our play is going to determine how the game goes. And it's exciting uh mantle to carry or exciting, you know, responsibility to have. I think Grady uh being the bell cow of our defensive line uh, needs to step up. I'd love to see him battle.
1: Damn, dude, that's an awesome mindset. Like, thank you for taking us uh, inside of that um, into just the way that, that you approach all of that. Because yes, I uh, knowing Grady, like he is the utmost professional approaches every single day, approaches every practice. So like it's a game. Um, and, and that's what makes him great. And, the Falcons are going to have to have a certain type of mentality to go into uh, Jerry World and knock off the 6-2 Cowboys. So Ovi, I want to go into the locker room. Um, and this week, I want you to maybe take us behind the scenes of what is a road warrior mentality? It's something I think we, we hear as a cliche a little bit. But is that something real that players talk about in the locker room the coaches bring up, you know, we're going to be road warriors because the Falcons have been road warriors so far this year and that's going to have to continue on Sunday.
0: Absolutely. And, and the mentality is uh it, it's just having a really tight knit team. I mean, this is where hanging out um during OTAs, during mini camps uh really comes to fruition having a group that, you know, during training camp has been able to lean on each other and, and get stronger during uh, the, the sprints or the early mornings or these tough workouts, it, it's it's that, you know, I hate to even use this word because uh, it was so overused uh, last year, that the brotherhood that you are able to uh, <laughs> cultivate and, or the, you know, kind of the community that you cultivate, taking that on the road. Because if that is so strong and so unbreakable, it doesn't matter if you got, you know, 10,000, shoot, 100,000, a whole gladiator stadium of people, which is what it will sound like at Jerry's World, screaming against you, you know, uh, uh, wishing you the worst. That stuff makes you stronger. I I actually, I personally, I love playing at home, but I love playing away because it it gave you that. And I love the movie uh, Gladiator, uh, by the way. And so that was exactly (laughs) what I thought about when you just can't hear anything. All you hear is a deafening roar uh, when you're playing on the offensive side. And it's something that everyone should experience. you can hear that roar into a uh, pure quiet. We can hear a pin drop. Having that power is uh, intoxicating. A- and having the ability to focus and lean on your teammates and have, uh, I think, just the importance of the moment be real for you to where you're hyper-focused, you're laser-focused on doing your job and executing in that type of environment. That's what makes you road warriors. That, that's what the, the best teams are able to play uh, away from home um, can do. They can compartmentalize. They can lean on each other. They know how to ask for help. And they're, uh, I think, so connected to their teammates that even if they can't hear them or understand them, they kind of know what they're supposed to do, where they're supposed to be, how they're going to play, and how to, you know, quickly solve a problem.
1: It's all about that camaraderie, right? You know, and and road trips can be the most fun thing in the world or a total pain in the ass that you can't wait to, to just get over. Um, and a lot of that comes down to the guys that you're spending it with. Um Definitely, I think Russell Crowe among the underrated actors now from the '90s. Uh, so that that's the quick Gladiator comment from me. But Ovi, let's rattle through some uh, some final thoughts and get to our last prediction for the game. So for the Falcons, who needs to have a big game for Atlanta to win? um in Dallas. We need to have another Kyle Pitts showing. Uh he, the, my man's been quiet for a little bit. Uh if Kyle Pitts can come back
0: out and be like, hey hey, don't forget about me. Mr. 120, 140, Mr. 100 plus yard game guy. I'm uh the future of the Falcons and at the biggest stage in America's uh uh city or uh, America's supposed team, I want to show them that, you know, I'm the Falcons uh new uh new toy that's going to be uh out for everyone to see. So I I'd love for Kyle Pitts to have a big game and to really connect with Matt Ryan
1: again and, and really put on a show. Absolutely. I mean, I, I want, I want Jerry Jones to be, uh, as salty as his McGriddle, <laughs> uh, that he was salting on hard knocks, uh, after watching Kyle Pitts score two touchdowns, uh, on Sunday, I'm going to go with the other side of the ball. Dion Jones. He's really been kind of coming on strong of late. Different kind of matchup for him. But like I mentioned earlier, what I've noticed with this defense, they are focused on keeping their linebackers clean, letting Dion and Foyer just be vacuum cleaners and clean up all the trash. Shout out Mighty Ducks. uh, Where are you at? My Mighty Ducks fans uh, sweep up the trash. And I think that they are also using him to get pressure because they can't get pressure with their front four. It's what uh, Denver was able to do really well against Dallas uh, in their win. So I think that Deion Jones rushing Dak Prescott and tackling the running backs um, and whoever else is in his area. That is who needs to step up to let the Falcons win on Sunday. On the flip side, Ovi, who, who are you afraid of on, uh, on Dallas?
0: I'm afraid of Dak, uh,
1: because
0: because Dak doesn't yes, he doesn't yes, like yes. to lose, and um, you know, just watching hard knocks and seeing uh a little window into his soul and and how he prepares and how much he wanted to play when they are holding him back and had him on a pitch count, you see that that um, you know that that internal fire has not dimmed at all. In fact, it's stronger than ever before, and he wants to win now, not. Uh, I'm young and I'll get there and I have time. No, he wants to win right now and um, no quarterback wants to lose. No team wants to lose, but especially not Dak. So he's going to work twice as hard, prepare twice as hard and play twice as hard to try and beat um, what he probably sees as a very beatable team in the Falcons.
1: Yeah. There's so many people on the offense that you can name as the scariest person. I I mean, you'd say Amari Cooper, CD lamb, gosh darn Zeke yep. Elliott. Uh, that being said, I'm going to name uh, an old friend as the scariest part of this matchup, and that's Keanu Neal. Um, he was always my favorite player to watch on the Falcons defense because on any single play, and, and Willie Moe was like this uh, as Willie well. Mo. And Willie Moe, just any given play on a defensive side could create a yeah. highlight. And... Keanu can do that. Uh, he's one of the nicest guys I've ever talked to. Um, one of my favorite people to interview, but on game day turns into an animal. And I don't know. Uh, he He's somebody who will know Matt Ryan's tendencies as well as anybody on that field on Sunday. So it, it, I think Atlanta's offense needs to be A-plus in this matchup for Atlanta to win. So... The scariest part for me is somebody on defense who can wreck that. And I think that's Keanu Neal. Um all right. Any X factors for Uov? Somebody maybe we're not talking about who could uh tip this game in one direction or the other. Man.
0: Um it, it I wouldn't call him an X Factor, but it's just we're so bad in this um field, and if this guy can Get us get it turned around and be huge. I mean, you know, Mike Davis. I, I've I've talked about him in several different ways as someone I've wanted to come around. And I don't know if it's just only his fault. He's definitely part to. Uh, he has a part to play in the paltry numbers on the run game. But I don't know how much of it is the offensive line because I'm not in that meeting yeah. room.
1: And I don't, it's tough to blocking. tell.
0: Right. Yeah, but it he's I'm like he looks like he should be able to run the ball, but you look at the stats and it's just so bad. Yeah, so but it looks like he's doing his it.
1: job, right? Yeah, like on Sundays, yeah. you watch him and you're like, well, that's where I would have gone. You know, like I there, it's not pretty hard. Yeah, there's not. Yeah, it's not like oh my god, you missed this hole or like why'd you? Yeah, you couldn't keep your balance there. Or what? Like he's doing all the right things. It's just not there for so him.
0: Yeah. So as a running back, I, I understand that I can't. Just go off on him as much as I want to yell at him for not uh, getting it done, but he'd be a huge x factor if somehow some way he can turn into Barry Sanders and figure out how to run without an offensive line and give us uh, a solid run game. It'd make us so much more dangerous
1: i'm I'm actually going to cede my time back to the uh to the defense here because I want to um I want you to go back into that a little bit more. Like, I want to know your mindset when you are, when you know you're kind of doing the right things as a running back. Like, I'm hitting my track. I'm I'm going, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. But it's not there. How hard is that? Like, how patient do you have to be? How much does that test your patience?
0: Oh, it's rough. We had, we had a, a brief moment where um, some of our starters were down and we had to deal with uh, a game or two, some backups. And, and Mike, Mike was yelling at me and say, Ovi, man, what the F do I do, man? These guys ain't blocking me. I get to the line and there's nowhere to go. Uh, I'm like, well, shoot. Tell him to run t- two back all the time. I have formation because at least when I'm in there, we can pick a hole, slam slam up in there and find a way to get it done. But uh, outside of that, <laughs> I can't help you, my brother. As if I'm out in the game, I can't help you. Uh, and, you know, half of our plays were where he, where he was a, a one back. But um." It's a situation to where you really have to pull the guys aside, sometimes one by one. I've seen, uh, you know, back once with the Ravens, Jamal Lewis do this. He he talked to Edwin Mulatalo and talked to uh, Benny and uh, the great, uh, you know, Jonathan Ogden. He, John Ogden uh, never yeah. missed the block, but he would tell John, talk to the other lineman, hey, hey, you know, when y'all go in there and you watch film, Talk to uh, you know, your your right guard. Talk to the tackle. Talk to or, you know the, the late uh, Orlando Brown, Zeus. Hmm. It was it was great getting a chance to play with him. And I mean, dude, I had Jonathan Ogden on my left left tackle. I had Orlando <laughs> Brown right tackle. These guys are like six foot eight, six foot ten. You know, 320, 350 pounds. <laughs>
1: These were monsters. You know what Jamal and, 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 Lewis was saying, though, is I've got Jonathan Ogden to my left, I've got Orlando Brown to my right, and I've got Ovi Mahaley in front of me. <laughs> What's up? He was saying back, back
0: then. He was like, Ovi, don't F it up. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, don't
1: fall, don't fall down, because I can't run over you and run.
0: <laughs> yes, goes, oh. yes. But I, I've seen uh, Jamal go and talk to, he would sit into the offensive, uh, or the uh, offensive line meeting rooms and watch film with them and let them know, because no one... Wins if you just, you know, call them out and let them know that accountability will will be held, but, you know, just bashing somebody, you know, uh, till no end is not going to fix the problem. Figure out what the problem is. Is it effort? Is it attitude? Is it intensity? Is it technique? Like, you have to really spend time. If you're a, a serious student of the game and you really want to get better, it's the NFL. It's details. It's inches. It, it's, you know, millimeters that are, are the difference between uh, having holes be open, be closed or stay open long enough. So that's where a good running back, uh, whether it's Jamal Lewis or Michael Turner really earns, uh, you know, their money by having that connection and working with the offensive line and the film room to understand what can be done to fix things.
1: But it's those exact same inches, millimeters, small details that you just mentioned, uh, That is why I'm a little bit higher on the Falcons than I thought I would be through eight games so far. Um, And it is because Arthur Smith has these guys winning games. You know, it's hard to win games in this league and sure they may have let the saints hop back into that game and even take the lead in the fourth quarter. But you know what? The Falcons found a way to get it done again, even though they tried to give it away on their handoff to Mike Davis. You know, Mike don't put the ball on the ground. Last time I mentioned it, uh, I swear, but they're finding ways to win games. They're four and four. That being said, uh, they're not going to be four and four for long, for better or for worse. Uh, that record's going to change. So Ovi, what is your final prediction uh, for Sunday?
0: Falcons are going to lose this one. It's going to be 28-21. Um, uh, the Cowboys going to be one up. It, they just got too much firepower. I feel like the our lack of run game is not going to uh get any better and the Cowboys are going to be, you know, hopping mad with that embarrassment versus the Broncos. So we're going to show that, you know, we 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 have uh something left in the tank and we can compete the rest of the season, but I don't think we're beating the Cowboys.
1: I agree, although I I feel like this is a game that we come away Actually feeling good about the Falcons, even in a loss. I think it's going to be 32 to 30 Dallas. Um, and I think whether that's kind of the Falcons making it a little bit closer at the end, uh, covering their nine point spread, which is insane for all the gamblers out there. Uh, you know. Nine point spread. That's that's a uh, that's a lot. I like this Falcon seam. Um, so. I think they keep it close. I think that this is an offensive game, but Atlanta's offense is going to have to be part of the team that, that kind of carries them here. 32 uh, 30. I like Atlanta. Keep it close, even though they lose to Dallas. We're going to be coming away, I think, on Sunday, still feeling good about this Falcons team. It's just Dallas is one of the main contenders in the NFC, and Atlanta's not there yet. So. That's what we got, uh, Ovi, before we get out of here. anything anything else on your mind? Have you got a, gotten a chance to catch succession yet I have
0: not, my friend. I, I should have, but whatever I um what should we call it, when I was dealing with my uh, COVID quarantine and laying up, <laughs> I was just watching straight anime. I was just uh, catching up on uh, my uh baruto and naruto and uh one piece and all that good stuff i, I, I was vegging out but uh I, what was there's something else that i watched recently and it was really good i don't know what it was i'm gonna have to catch up to you next time uh but i i do want to get into shows <laughs> I, I'm, I'm afraid to go to the uh movie theaters but i want to see eternals everyone says that eternals is uh one of the worst marvel movies yeah, ever yeah, but i like right, it's a movie it's Marvel. How could you have a bad Marvel movie? So I I, I like huge casts and huge characters and huge
1: stories, and <laughs> I might sneak out with my sister to go catch it. There you go. Um, no, for sure. I, did you get a chance to catch Dune? Doom. Has there hasn't been a new Dune movie. There's an old Doom movie a while back. Dune, uh D U N E. Oh, yeah, D- yeah Dune. Dune. Dune um, yeah.
0: with uh um,
1: Zahar, not Zahar, uh what's the name? Um <laughs> Zanea. Zendaya, that's her name. My my um, uh, internet girlfriend, yes, Zendaya.
0: Yes, yes, oh yeah, she's she's great. Um, Zendaya, um, I have it, man. It, it looks really really good, and it's on my HBO Max thing. I, I wanted to click it and check it out. I just haven't because I've wanted like a quick fix, like a thirty minute in and out. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But
1: have you watched it? I want to check it uh, out. It's so it's so good. It's it's really good. I I would. It's in theaters. Uh, you can watch it at home. I'm sure. Mr. Mr. Former NFL Player, you got a, a good a good TV setup there, so um, I would absolutely recommend checking it out. It's so good.
0: All right, I'm gonna check it out. We'll do.
1: All right, well, uh, that'll do it for us today. Um, today's podcast, like all podcasts, is presented by Bet Online. Um, we will be back on Sunday night. Uh, your Monday. So I should probably just say Monday from now on, honestly. But we will be back your Monday uh, with our reaction to Sunday's game. Who knows? Maybe we'll be talking about a, a Falcons team that has a winning record a week before Thanksgiving. So just keep that in the back of your minds. That could be really exciting. Um, but the holidays are near. Everybody have fun. Football's exciting right now. Uh, The Falcons are doing great. And as always, take care.
0: Thank you for listening to Believe.